Welcome to Three Yards Per Carry, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf and Simon. And we're on. Welcome to Three Yards Per Carry. I'm Alfredo Arteaga. Simon Clancy is here. Chris Kaufman is here. The whole band is back together. And as always, we are brought to you by Manscaped. Use promo code 5RSN. You get 20% off your entire order and free shipping. Go to betteredge.com slash the number five reasons. You get $25 just for signing up. And as always, we are brought to you by Prize Picks. Use the promo code 5FIVE. You deposit $100, you get a $100 bonus immediately. And it's a one time rollover, which means you bet it through once, you get it. So they're giving you $100. Take it. Promo code FIVE. All right, guys. Um, I guess some some i guess housekeeping to to keep uh right here or to complete bradley chubb five years 119 million dollars 63 and a half million guaranteed i guess we'll start at the top simon your reaction to the trades and both of them and this signing um we'll start with jeff wilson i I think he's a, a really good player i think he's an excellent signing for the dolphins um i've always liked him in san francisco he's a good special teams player as well just think he's, you know, immersed in the fabric of Mike McDaniel and that's absolutely important. And it was, you know, I don't think Chase Edmonds was a bad player at all. And you go back and look at his work in Arizona. Um, I just thought just schematically it just wasn't quite the right fit. Um, but you're bringing in a guy who's actually who's absolutely hand in glove um, in terms of what the coach wants to do. Uh, great team player. And that goes for Bradley Trapp as well. Great team guy, great leader. Um, and... The I, I don't have one of the trade at all. I, I think the trade's excellent because I think the 49ers are going to probably go deep in the playoffs. They've got a really good team, good defense. You know, offense can be a little bit fluctuating with Jimmy, but they've still got the talent to, to pretty much beat anybody in the NFC. You know, it's Philadelphia and the rest. So, you know, they could easily get back to the NFC Championship game. So we'd be picking 28, 29, 30, something like that. So giving up that for Bradley Chubb, I don't have a problem with. And my one concern, well, two concerns really. The injuries, obviously, he's missed 24 games. I know a big chunk of that came with the ACL. Um, but, you know, if you're going to go and win in Kansas City in December, in January, if you're going to go win in Buffalo in January in the playoffs, you need to get home with four. You know, you can't you, you can't rely on cover zero all the time, as effective as, as it's been. But we've seen coaches, certainly this season, try and successfully... Uh, evade it by bringing late motions etc etc which kind of causes some a a bit of pause Baltimore did it perfectly um early in the season Buffalo did it pretty well as well with bringing Dawson Knox in motion and and that had an uh, an effect as well so there are ways and means outside of it and obviously you can't play it when you haven't got you know Byron Jones or you can't play it as effectively when you don't have two stud corners so it's much more difficult to play it when you've got a a, you know an undrafted free agent from Texas A&M Commerce playing outside that that's more difficult as well as Kohu has played. So that's my one concern is the injuries. And the second is obviously the, the, the extension money. And that I suppose ties directly into the, the injuries, but then I always make the point. It's not my cash anyway, so I don't really care, but um, you know, essentially it's a three year deal for 60 odd million, 62 million guaranteed. So, you know, and I think we all think that, you know, there's going to be a, a number of highly paid guys who will be gone at the end of the season. Anyway, Byron Jones, Mike Sicky probably won't resign. Teddy Bridgewater will probably go. Um, you could look at Emmanuel Logbert, potentially uh, somebody else that might go. Um, will Melvin Ingram be here? Trey Flowers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that, you know, there's clearly a window for this team that's opening up 
you know, pretty wide now. Um, you just got to see it on the field now. Getting home with four to allow us to play coverage um, and having the ability to go on the road and win in big environments in January to try and get us to the to the promised land that we all want to go to. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I love what the what Chris Greer has done as far as roster building. Uh, like he's he's rolling aces, he's rolling sevens and elevens all off season. Every move has essentially worked out, and even the ones that didn't. Uh, the Chase Edmonds signing, he reversed it, and he reversed it in season, got out of the money, and then replaced them with yeah, like you said, uh, you know, like hand and glove. Uh, Jeff Wilson is is perfect. I was watching some Jeff Wilson tape, and I get I'll get Chris in here on this. Uh, I think we've solved our issue with our short yard yardage back. Uh, he finds creases. First of all, he's bigger. Although he doesn't run with as much power as Mostert. Although that you know that's obvious. That's odd to say because Jeff Wilson is about two hundred and thirteen pounds, two hundred and fifteen pounds, and Mostert's about two hundred. But he finds creases. He finds yards. Uh, I think he's going to be you know. And first of all, he catches the ball, and that's most important after what we experienced with Chase Edmonds. So yeah, that was a great move. Like. You know, everything they're doing so far is either working out or looking up. Uh, your thoughts, Chris, this contract and essentially the philosophy going forward. Um, you know, the contract, I, you know, I don't really have much to say on it. I think people get too caught up in them because, you know, they, they pretend it's their money. As Simon said, it's not our money. Um, so, you know, as long as you're able to to find or as long as you're able to um to to work the salary cap the way that you need to work the accounting rules the way that you need to you know whatever what do we care um we're there's there's this uh instinct that a lot of fans have where they will you know say oh no no this guy's not worth it you know oh, oh, no, don't, don't sign him that's not worth it uh that, and i I, th I think they don't it's weird because when you do actually sign him, the overwhelming result is positive. It's like, you know, Oh, we got, you know, we got this guy, we got this. Guy. Um, so, and, and this is one of those cases where if the trade, you know, uh, if the trade deadline went by and dolphins didn't get Bradley Chubb and, you know, everybody, ah, oh, you know, he, he wasn't worth it. Or you know, it's, I, I say this with Mike Gusecki is too, you, you would rather have Mike Gusecki than not have Mike Gusecki. Right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but then but then when everybody's oh but the money and so but well it's not our money you know <laughs> um and and so i think that uh i think that it's an interesting thing uh, what i look at with the jeff wilson thing, first off i don't think he's actually 215 pound I, and i don't think of him as like a power player the guy came into the league like 190 pounds um when he was coming out of north texas and um and so i i think that uh you know that sort of weight gain you know, maybe, maybe on a really good day. I don't know, but, um, but I, I don't know that, uh, you know, he just, if he just went, if he just went to fat boys barbecue the night before or something like that, I don't know. But, um, but yeah, so like I don't, 15 pounder though, doesn't he? he's got that kind of physicality about him, the, the shoulder. He does. And... He's got a physicality. I, I won't deny that, but, um, but I think that, you know, he came in the league 190 pounds or so. I mean, and I, and, and I just don't, you just don't necessarily see that sort of weight gain happen as a pro, and uh but you do see it happen on listings sometimes <laughs> um but uh but but anyway i don't think of him as as necessarily that kind of player but um but i will say this i, I think that interestingly this trade probably only happens because the bradley jump trade happened and i say that because uh kyle shanahan was i mean he was effusive in his praise of jeff wilson um, just a little bit ago and was like, you know, 
listen, we want him here forever. Look, we love this guy. You know, he's, he's talked about exactly why. All the reasons that Mike McDaniels talked about loving him. I mean, these guys, they – they're simpatico, you know. They, so Kyle Shanahan and, and Mike McDaniel are going to think about these players a lot, a lot of the same way. And I think ultimately the reason that he let Kyle Wilson go, uh, or sorry, <laughs> we just went Kyle Wilson, Zach Wilson, uh, and the Jeff Wilson. That's that's crazy. Um, so, but the the reason he ultimately let him go, I think, is because this is a good situation for him. He was only on a one year deal with San Francisco, like a one year, just a little over a million dollars. So he was either going to sit in San Francisco and play behind Christian McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell, you know, as RB three. And, um, and, and that's, you know, not, not going to get very many touches, not going to get very many opportunities to try and get that next contract. Or he goes to Miami where Kyle Shanahan knows that a, he's playing in a system that, um, that, you know, he's played in before and, and has the maximum chance of success in and B He's replacing Chase Edmonds, who just got shipped off to Denver. And so now he is, you know, I don't even know if we want to call it an RB2 because we know that Mostert has to be on a pitch count. And Kyle Shanahan, of all people, knows very well that Mostert doesn't have a great history of staying healthy. So um, so it, it's almost like a humane rehoming of, uh, of Jeff Wilson. Um, to a team where he's going to be, you know, the one, the the two punch and the one two punch, um, when even when Mostert is healthy, and then you know sometimes Mostert's not going to be healthy too. So and Jeff Wilson is going to be the guy, and so I think that this was, you know, he was looking out for Jeff when he when he sent him here, and I'm not sure that that would have happened the same way if Chase Edmonds were still here. Mm. You know, so um, so I think that it, it's an interesting set of dominoes that fell. Kind of starting when uh, when Trey Lance got injured, or starting when they they reached a deal to keep Jimmy Garoppolo um, as a backup to Trey Lance, and then Trey Lance gets hurt, and now their outlook looks better as a team. I, I truly believe that um, the San Francisco 49ers. and then trading for Christian McCaffrey just set off a number of other things, which I think includes the um, the the Bradley Chubb trade to begin with, because it, it became apparent that the 49ers are going to have a very late first round pick. And that probably solidified Miami's stance that we're going to flip that pick off for a, uh, for a player uh, instead of keeping it. And, um, and then once they completed that Denver trade, now also the Jeff Wilson trade starts to make sense for, uh, for, from Kyle Shanahan's standpoint. Because it was, it is a good, it is a good home for uh, for Jeff Wilson. It is the best chance that, an even better chance of succeeding than he had in San Francisco. Um, so I, I think that's uh, that whole aspect of it, you know, sort of the the humane aspect of all of this, putting Chase Edmonds in a place where he has a better chance of succeeding as well, um, systematically uh, as well as you know what Denver thinks of him. Um, that's that's sort of the untold uh, the untold side of of all of these trades, uh, and it, it speaks well for all of the coaches involved because to them, this isn't just you know meat market, um, you know, with making cold decisions and stuff like that. I think I think they really are trying to treat their players as as people, and um, and do the best for them. I think it also speaks to the power of the coach, though, doesn't it? I mean, you know. Yeah. 
the, the background to the relationship between Wilson and McDaniel. McDaniel flew down to work him out privately on his own at North Texas at the pro day on a, on a vacation day because he just loved his tape, was really close to him. And then, you know, McDaniel then talks about Bradley Chubb and how excited he was seeing his work out NC State and how he's how he loved him from the time where Denver, uh, where Denver and the 49ers had uh, joint practices. Uh, you know, so I, I don't think it's a surprise or I don't think it's a secret that Mike McDaniel will have been knocking on the door and saying, look, if there's the opportunity to get these guys, these are guys that I really like and the fit what I do. And I think Chris Greer has gone out and, you know, specifically done that. And I think it works to the the symbiosis between the two of them that, that that's what that's what we're getting. And of course, we're getting, like I said, great human beings. You know, uh, you're just reading this quote from from John Lynch. He said, you know, Jeff was really excited when he found out he was going to Miami. He felt like the Dolphins was a great spot because he knows Mike and the crew down there. And he said, and then the emotions hit him. And I was able to share that with him. And I said to him, look, you're not only one of my favorite players I've ever had the opportunity to be around. You're one of my favorite people. Uh, and I think that speaks a lot. And, I, you know, I, I don't think there is a sense that, that John Lynch just says that just because the guy's going out the door, you, you know. We've talked about it often enough on this podcast that there are, you know, the NFL sport generally is full of bad people. And I, I think good people should be celebrated. And I think these are two good players and, and, and two good people. Absolutely. And by the way, the, the 49ers uh, released uh, Tevin Coleman and then they re-signed him to the practice squad. If Mike McDaniel wants to recreate the 2019-2020 49ers backfield. Uh, the 49ers backfield. Yeah, is that so? Uh, you know, go get Tevin Coleman, and you recreated the entire backfield from 2019, 2020. You know, all you would need is Matt Breda. I don't know where the hell he is. <laughs> where is Matt Breda? Um, he's definitely playing. I saw him play the other day, getting carries. Um, yeah, because if you get Matt Breda too, then you got all four of them. He's at the know? Giants. Yeah, I saw him play in London. Uh, okay, but Tevin Coleman is out there. If you know, if he really wants to get cra crazy with this. Um, Bradley Chubb, um, I heard it mentioned a lot, especially on OnlyFans. That's three dollars a month, by the way. And three dollars a month. Three by the way, if you were if you were on OnlyFans, you you knew the Dolphins were interested in Bradley Chubb like pretty far in advance. Like a, a good yes. well, I mean, in this in this minute by minute world, um, you know, you knew what like four or five days beforehand. Um, three dollars a day, Alf, did you say? No, three dollars a month. You, you also knew, by the way, you also knew, by the way, almost uh, within $5 million, the entire deal that he was being offered and what, what was on the you, table. What can you buy with $3 a month in the United States? I mean, nothing. <laughs> you could get arrested with $3 a month. Like, it's I guess you, like buying a Twitter blues thing, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I feel like you could get arrested here for only having $3 in your pocket. <laughs> but like, that here's, that's too. a great way to stop yourself getting arrested then spend it on only things it, it really is if you think about it like we've got 10,000 listeners to each pretty much each episode of this show and a thousand and a, a few hundred only finners I, I mean I, i'm just i'm going all rich eyes in here but i'm just putting the message out to to the the 9,000 that are not 500 people who are sat in utero thinking <laughs> what am i missing out on <laughs> yeah there. yeah uh, there. yeah let's just say that yeah ten thousand only finners would be pretty good okay uh, yeah, i'd enjoy I mean, that very very much <laughs> but for three dollars a week is that what you said three dollars <laughs> no week? no three dollars a month it's three dollars a month that. yeah unbelievable oh, true yeah for the for, for like a a community of people all talking sort of with uh, no that can't be right <laughs> yeah but it is wow 
But yeah, uh, Mike Florio was wondering what's the red flag. Uh, but you yeah, know, Mike, Flo- Mike Florio is want to do that. And some of our only finners have wondered, you know, what's the red flag? Why would you get rid of a guy like Bradley Chubb if you're the the Denver Broncos? Well, first of all, they paid Russell Wilson. Second of all, they drafted Nick Benito and Baron Browning. Both are massive hits. Like that's what you want to do in in the draft. You want to hit big on guys like that, and they did. And they also paid Randy Gregory, who I think is not very good. And is also Baron is also Browning. kind of a shit human being too. So. Yeah, I think Baron Browning might become the next dominant pass rusher in the NFL. Actually. Yeah, he's like Junior Von Miller, really. If you look at him, and they've you moved know? him position wise, and I just think he's an absolute threat outside. Yeah, um, I, I just think yeah, you just watch his tape and you're like, wow, this guy. And I fucking loved Nick Benito coming out of Oklahoma. Yeah. So uh, and he's I, legit too. He's legit too. Yeah, completely understand why they did the deal because you know they get a first rounder another first rounder um and they um they don't have to pay the whatever it is 112 million that the dolphins paid so and also you know keep in mind that it was this is people are like oh are the dolphins were they bidding against who and the stuff i don't think the dolphins were bidding against any other team out there they're bidding against the denver broncos essentially you know the denver broncos could have said, you know, okay, no, we're going to keep him and we're going to, you know, maybe franchise him next year or something and, uh, and, and try and work out this deal, try and work out a deal with him um, because he is a good human and he is a good, really good pass rusher and a really good overall player. He's 275 pounds, you know, he's, he's good against the run. Um, I think that uh, that's, that's who we're bidding. You know, we ha- we had to, we had to appeal to them with a price tag. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise they were going to try, they were going to keep them and try and make this work. And, and this is, I think that a lot of pa- fans kind of, Oh, well, it's a foregone conclusion. He's gone. He's gone. It's gone. And then it's like, Oh, the dolphins were just pitting against themselves. They could have lowballed the Broncos. And it's like, no, no, they, they couldn't because the Denver Broncos needed to be convinced um, that this was the right thing to do for them from a, you know, from, from the, salary cap standpoint from the uh the standpoint of team building and and everything like that and this russell wilson trade is a big deal <laughs> they, you know they 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 lost assets and getting him uh he's not performing that well he is taking up a lot of you know salary cap space um and so they are you know they're forced to make good on when they hit on guys like baron browning and Benito, they have to make good on that because mm-hmm. of the russell wilson trade Um, they have to, you know, they have to capitalize on that. And this is what they did. They capitalized. Yeah. And both are playing on Sunday, as Mike McDaniel famously said yesterday in his availability, when he was asked if Jeff Wilson and Bradley Chubb will play on Sunday, he says, well, we didn't, you know, we didn't trade a first round pick and, and work out a a long-term deal to, you know, have them cheer us on from the sideline, (laughs) you know? So didn't he he say something like, I'm thinking about playing Jeff Wilson on offense and Bradley Chubb on defense. Yeah. He said that he said that, that that was what he had in mind as of right now, you know, I love that guy. That's such a dick thing to say, but I love it. Yeah. But you know, but he had to clarify that because did you know that Bradley Chubb was a spectacular running back in high school? I did not. So there's your short yardage back as well. uh, Chris. A backfield of him and Christian Wilkins, like we got to do that, you know. Yeah, that that has to happen. He's a big boy as well. I mean, he's two seventy eight. Yes. Yeah. 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 And he's gonna have that C on his chest. He's he's been a a, a three time captain 
So I don't know they'll take the C off of his chest. They'll, they'll put it on. He'll be a captain. So add another captain to the, the Dolphins defense. Uh, all right, we're going to go to break. And when we come back, we will talk Dolphins, Chicago, Bears. Notice I didn't say Chicago. It's Chicago, Bears. First, these words. Do you have a water leak and can't find where it's coming from? Are you dealing with water or mold damage in your home or business? Then call Water Cleanup of Florida at 954-579-0356 for immediate assistance. With over 60 years of combined experience, Michael, Robert, and their team is prepared to handle all types of leak detection issues. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. After the leak has been located and repaired, Water Cleanup of Florida will then clean, dry, and fully restore the damaged areas. Water Cleanup of Florida is fully licensed, insured, and certified to provide the one-stop shopping that busy homeowners and business owners require. There is no need to bring in other contractors. They will handle the entire project from start to finish. Service areas include Miami, Broward, and Palm Beach counties. Call Michael anytime on his personal cell phone at 954-579-0356. That's 954 954- Five seven nine zero three five six, or visit their website at wcufl.com. Water cleanup of Florida. If you have the schmutz, they have the guts. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a four fifty-five meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point, and it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly. Everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, and we're back. All right, we got to talk about this game. Kind of important. Uh, Simon, have you have you perused the, the weather for Sunday? I mean, no. Okay. Earlier in the week, everybody was speculating. Oh, I have a cold. life house. It, yeah. <laughs> so you're not checking the weather for Dolphin games on a Sunday at 1 p.m. Not on really, like a no. Monday? Because that's my existence. That's what I like to do. That's my favorite thing I do on Mondays. I check the weather, the long-term forecast for Dolphin games the following Sunday. That's and, what and I always you're do. Also, you're, you're also quite obsessive, I've noticed, about the grass. Yeah, I know, right? Like that's become that's that's a thing I've done this year. I don't know why I'm doing that. I've walked on the field at Soldier Field, and it is awful. Well, it's, it's different now. Oh, is it? Ancient. Yes. When did yes. They, when did they change it? They changed it before Week One this year, and then of course, oh, okay. oh actually, no, after Week One when they played the 49ers and they got completely tore up because I changed it. it. Yeah, it used to be Kentucky. Game. It used to be Kentucky bluegrass, which is deep and slow. And a slog, and they changed it to Bermuda grass, which is what is at Hard Rock Stadium. It's no word of a lie. Yeah, I've played on better semi-professional soccer pitches in the UK than Soldier Field. It was really up and down, bobbly. Grass was thick. Um, I was really surprised when I walked. Around. I was like, "How the fuck is this an NFL field?" It was really <laughs> weird. And like, 
walked on quite a few and it, it was it was really poor. I mean, this was the first game of the 29th, so the 100th anniversary season when the Packers beat the, the Bears, but it was it was shoddy as shit. Yeah. Thank God they changed it then. Mm. The last yeah. thing we need is our, like, you know, just, I don't want to <laughs> have our quarterback, like, you know, sprain an ankle or something on some shoddy, you know, field, lumpy field. Yeah, but, well, uh, they changed it, so it should be better. Uh, we shall see if it's better. But it's going to be a lot of fun. They're going to debut uh, two two new toys. Uh, you know, Bradley Chubb should start, should play, I guess, as that buck linebacker. And Jeff Wilson should get some, some carries. But uh, this Bears team, they were sellers, but then they became buyers. Uh, Simon, I don't know if you, if you watched the Bears play this year, but. Yeah, I've watched him quite a bit, unfortunately. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen them play three or four times. <laughs> yeah, they look great against the Patriots. They they absolutely smashed the New England Patriots in New England, which I was really really surprised because I remember when when that game was kicking off, I was thinking to myself, "Oh, great, the Patriots are now going to put together like a four game, five game winning streak, and they're going to be a pain in the ass for the rest of the season." And then the Bears just absolutely smoked them. Mm. They've been sellers. They sold Robert Quinn off to the Eagles. And then Roquan Smith is now a Raven. So it looks like they're complete sellers on the defensive side of the ball. But then they add Chase Claypool, and we're going to get to play him twice inside of three weeks. That offense runs the ball. Khalil Herbert is a favorite of this show at one time. He's been absolutely fabulous. David Montgomery is a good running back. They run it a lot. And Justin Fields... Yeah, and Justin Fields is kind of developing. Oh, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on that team in general, mostly the offense? Yeah, I think they've got some bits, some pieces on offense. I mean, it's really interesting watching Justin Fields up until the Patriots game because it felt like Luke Getzey had no idea what to do with Fields. Um, his yards per game, or in terms of the, the amount of throw, I think he'd thrown 112 passes before the Patriots game, which was the lowest number through the first, whatever it was, five or six weeks of the season since the 1982 Patriots, which seemed uh, astonishing given um, what we saw of him at Ohio State. And I, I think in some ways you have to level the same argument. It feels that you were with Tua in the early years, the first couple of years with the lack of talent around him. Um, I do think the run game is strong. Khalil Herbert's an excellent change of pace to Montgomery, who I always liked at Iowa State. Um, what I what I find interesting about the receiving core is that, you know, they're kind of bitty, I suppose, but we kind of know them. We know Claypool. We know Nikhil Harry because he played against in the Patriots. Uh, Dano Mooney, I think, is a decent player. He's a little bit underrated. Dante Pettis was a guy that McDaniel was with in San Francisco when, when they drafted him. Um, you know, Equinemius St. Brown is a big guy, big sort of can body up, post up. Felix Jones is the, I mean, to me, an astonishing decision by Ryan Poles to draft him where he did because I didn't think he was very good at USC. I didn't think he was very good at Tennessee. And then he went to the Senior Bowl and played like Edward Scissorhands. So, but you've got, you know, a big tie in in Cole Komet. It's just defensively, I think that, you know, especially now with the with the departures of Quinn and and um, and uh, the big linebacker whose name has just completely fallen out of my head. But um, I, I think, yeah, you look at that front seven and you're just like, you know, where's the, you know, where's the you know, the linebacking core is AJ Klein, Nick Morrow, Jack Sanborn, Joe Thomas, and Sterling Weatherford. I mean, they're you know, it's just a bunch of guys. You know, I mean, in the secondary, I think you know, Jacob Brisker is the the best defensive player already. Uh, I think he started the season really well. I think Kyler Gordon's had his ups and downs, but started to come into it a little bit. Eddie Jackson is still there, but he's not close to the player that that he was two or three years ago. 
Um, you know, I think Travis good. Travis Gibson is pretty good. Yeah, um, Gibson's pretty good. Um, but you know, the rest of those guys up front, you just you know, Justin Jones is a you know, there's some decent players, but there's not you know, I don't think there's anybody that you necessarily need to be worried about, and especially when you're breaking in Robert Jones at left guard. Um, I, I just think the Dolphins should be able to move the ball up and down the field depending on Alf's weather. Um, because I just don't see defensively. Which I'm about to reveal right now. Yeah. Uh, okay. On Monday. And, uh, but the other the other thing is as well, they're starting a, a, a rookie, a, albeit a rookie I really liked. I thought it played really well, um, both at Southern Utah and at the Senior Bowl when I saw him up close. That's Braxton Jones, but they're playing Braxton Jones at left tackle. I'm, I'm not sold that Braxton Jones will have seen a, a Bradley Chubb, a Melvin Ingram, a, you know, a Jalen Phillips, an Emmanuel, or a Javon Holland in terms of just guys coming at him from from all angles. So, you know, I think I think they're going to be able to get home. The interesting thing, like I said, is Luke Getzey has now just worked out how to get the best from Justin Fields in terms of his using his mobility, the, the, the designed running plays for him, which has seemed to have worked. But throwing the ball down the field seems like an absolute roller coaster still. So, you know, I think we'll have to key in on Fields, you know, calling his own number and picking up yards with his feet, which is what he did so effectively against New England. Absolutely. On Monday, the, the weather reports were dire. Um, bleak, I think, is, is, the, is the, the right word. It was 50 degrees, 67% chance of precipitation, and 25-mile-per-hour winds. Okay, that looks awful, okay? That looks like a, an awful, awful day at 1 p.m. on a Sunday at Soldier Field. Run the ball, then. Yeah, you know? well, now it's Thursday, right? So it's four days later, so it's a new uh, forecast. And now the forecast is 65 degrees, 0% chance of rain, no wind or up to 15 miles per hour at most and sunny, no clouds. So basically well, it's Miami. We're transporting Miami. Well, Miami, but without the, you know, the heat. Um, and, and, you know, depending on whether you're listening to Bill's fans and such, uh, yeah. uh, we can't, we can't win without it. So. Yeah. I think if we're at that podium in Phoenix and they're giving us the Lombardi, I think the sun, you know, hopefully it doesn't come down to, except the Lombardi, but, you know, we're going to have to mention the sun. It right? at least gets its own Super Bowl ring, right? Yeah, we have to get a, we got to get a Super Bowl ring for the sun because this is a spectacular performance by the Hard Rock Sun. It is transporting itself to, to Soldier Field and essentially recreating Miami weather like in December, but in early November, you know, give or take 10 degrees, but 65 degrees, sunny, no clouds, no wind, no rain. Like, come on, <laughs> you can't ask for a better day. You could do whatever you want on offense. Playbook's open. Your thoughts, Chris, on this matchup? Uh, I, I'll give mine very briefly before you get to go. Uh, Justin Fields is different. Uh, they call some, some you know, design runs for him now. Uh, he, cre- he creates things with his feet now. Uh, off schedule, he can be dangerous. It is not a walkover. This is not a, a walk in the park or... Uh, you know, a cakewalk. This is not going to be easy. I think they're competent enough on offense where they pose a threat. Your thoughts on this matchup, Chris? Well, yeah, I was just going to highlight that um, that you know, if you think about if you think about the fact that the Dolphins struggled quite a bit against um, against Lamar Jackson, you know, and and needed needed some heroics the likes of which we have not seen in a while you know on offense in order to overcome that um it makes me nervous uh it makes me nervous about whether whether this year is going to be a year where 
we have a little bit of trouble with um, with quarterback designed runs, um, which we did against the Baltimore Ravens, and uh, and you know whether we have trouble with overall mobility at the quarterback position. Um, definitely concerning on that. The the other thing that I would find concerning on the other side of the ball is, you know, I know that I, I realize that Eddie Jackson is, is not, maybe not the player that he once was, but um, have a lot of respect for Eddie Jackson as well. Uh, and we just right. got done two weeks ago with a game where Minka Fitzpatrick really gave to a, a lot of nightmares um, because of the game that he's able to play in the middle of the field uh, where, where Miami has been making more hay in the middle of the field, deep middle of the field passing wise than uh, any other quarterback, any other team in the NFL and by a good margin, you know? Um, and so I think that, uh, I think that those two factors really kind of give me a little bit of pause and say, you know, this is not, you, can, you can't just ink a win, a victory here. Um, you have to go out and, and actually play the game. Uh, and it makes me wonder because, you know, frankly, the Detroit game defensively was terrible. Um, and we talked about this on last pod, you know, just because they shut them out in the second half. I mean, that, that second half amounted to three drives and yeah. one of those drives, you know, they, the, you know, the lions actually got going on the drive and, but the scoreboard pressure played a part in the fact that the, that drive ended on, on downs on, you know, on a, for, a failed fourth down. Um, so I, you know, I, I don't know that we're we're going to have to see if they have this they have this fixed defensively. We can't just assume it. Um, and we, so yeah, was, go ahead. Sorry, mate. I was just thinking on offense though. Having watched the last two games, Patriots and Dallas, Fields was significantly better. Yeah. In terms of just not only how he looked, but just it feels like he's been unleashed with the running ability and the lines playing one in front of him and. You know, I think I, I was just looking there. I think he's averaged almost 80 yards per game of the last three games just running the ball. Um, mm. You know, this is a this is a guy that's 6'3", 228 pounds, going to be coming downhill at, you know, some defenders. And I, I, again, I don't think, um, you know, this is not going to be an easy game for the Dolphins in any way, shape or form. I think, um, you know, they've got to be on from the from the start because I think offensively they, they will be able to, to move the ball. Hmm. By the way, I got... A little bit of breaking news. Um, like this was just, you know, texted to me. Dolphins bills later on in the season is earmarked as a possibility to be flexed and also flexed for possibly Saturday night on the NFL Network triple header. So that's something. Wait, interesting. so they're they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna we've already got a two we've got a two week stint of going west coast right. San yeah. Francisco at San Francisco, and now at, they're gonna play us. They're gonna make us play in like sub sub uh, like two degree. And, and then they're gonna put us at Buffalo for a third road game in a row, and they're also gonna flex it to be an early to to be a a day. A it's day on the prior. list. Yes, it's on the list. Well, that doesn't sound like a good deal. <laughs> <laughs> no, it does not. Does it? Uh, what I think is worse that it that that the is that they're considering night games for both. So. Which is kind of, you know, it's sexy that, yeah, okay, you might play the, the Bills on a Sunday night, but Jesus Christ, Buffalo in mid-December at night? Like, that's not fun. 
Can I just say that somebody on OnlyFins has just asked me a question and said, oh, what do you think about uh, Rocketman buying uh, Washington? I thought he meant Elton John, but it turns out it's Jeff Bezos. So <laughs> I got that one pretty far wrong. That's the sort of in-depth sort of kind of stuff you're going to be getting on out on the thing. <laughs> we, should, we should have like a, we should have a nice pluses and minuses debate on OnlyFans about Elton John buying the Commanders. Yeah, yeah. I, I hear Rocketman, I hear Rocketman is buying the, the Commanders and my mind goes right away. Okay, is it Elon Musk? Is it Jeff Bezos? Or is it's it Kim Jong-un? It can't be anybody else. It's Kim Jong-un. It's what? There have been many rocket men. There's only yes. one rocket man. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Let, let's just uh, quickly what happens on oh, Sunday, Simon? Give me a score. To Daniel Snyder. Um, I think the Dolphins win uh 24-17. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. Uh I'll I'll say it a little bit different. I'll 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 tack on a field goal. Jason Sanders is kind of on a little hot streak here as of late. So make it 27-17. They win by 10. All right, Chris? Uh, I think y'all are crazy thinking that they only score 17 points because the uh, the road the road defense has allowed, um, what is this per game? 33 points per game. You know? and, <laughs> is that bad? And we were, yeah, is that bad? Um, we were talking about this before the Lions game, and then the Lions just put it on them, you know, like uh, defensively. So I'm not I'm prove it to me that uh, that the defenses can can play on the road this way, um, but otherwise this is going to have to be a 31 28 victory to me. That, that's that's what I'm that's what I'm looking at. All right, that's it. Uh, the next time we talk to you will be on Monday. We'll have results. We'll talk about the game. But till then. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.